Thank you. Oh, there we go. All right, I've got to get used to this view, you know. So please forgive me if I look here. Um, but Pastor Pierre and team, so great to be here. Thank you for opening a door uh, for me to minister. Um, Colin, I always counted an honor and a privilege to minister God's word around the world. I mean, don't take it for granted. And so it's a real honor and a privilege. And I hope you are excited, ignited, and delighted to be here this morning. Are you? All right, that's four of you. All right, the rest of you, I want to encourage you, be excited, ignited, and delighted uh, to be here. Do we have any All Black supporters here? Who? Who? Lord, I pray deliverance in Jesus' name. Lord God. Let me tell you, I'm been, even though we've been in New Zealand for 23 years, I'm a box supporter. I wear green and gold. If you, cut, if you cut my skin, it bleeds green and gold. Nothing else. But I will support the All Blacks against Australia and England and France and those countries. But uh, it's really, really great to be here. And Susan, Susan, you're from New Zealand. Where's Susan Cunningham? Are you not? Are you local? But you traveled to, you've, you've traveled uh, to the promised land. Isn't that great? Do you know, um, I love humor, and I hope, I'm going to share a funny story now. So can I ask you please to laugh, even if you don't understand it? And one of the reasons, because as a speaker, it makes me feel good, you know, that you've really caught it. Um, you know, during the worship, I don't know why this story came to mind, but it was of an elderly couple that was celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary. 75 years, isn't that amazing? And you know, my mom's, my mom's 93 and a half. And she said to me, um, please don't forget the half. At that age, it's very important. And, I, and, and so they were at the celebration and, and the, the, the dear old gentleman got up and, and he looked at his wife and he said, my darling, after all these years, I have found you tried and true. And you know, when you get older, you struggle with your health. I know because I, when I speak to my mom, I have to shout because, she's, she, because she struggles with the hearing. And she couldn't understand what her husband was saying. And so she said, oh, excuse me, can you please say that again? And she said, my darling, after all these years, I have found you tried and true. And that happened about four or five times, and she couldn't hear. And one more time, he said, my darling, after all these years, I found you tried and true. And the lady shot back because of what she heard, and she said, after all these years, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> yes, you got it. Isn't that great? You know, I want to share this morning, but I want to pray that you have ears to hear. That you don't hear something that I don't say. That you hear something that the Father wants to say to you and I today. Because very often we come to a service with lots of filters and lots of history and lots of traditions and lots of other ways of thinking. And I pray by the power of his spirit that God would remove all of that and that we would hear what the Father is saying to you and I today. That you would truly have ears to hear. My prayer is that the Spirit, Holy Spirit would shift something in you this morning. 
I pray that the Holy Spirit is going to richly deposit something. I pray that God is going to move in such a way that when you leave this place, you will be different from when you came in. That's the power of the presence of God. That's the power of the Word of God. And so before I share the Word, I just want us to pray. And I want you to just raise your hands as a way of just receiving as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and be here. He is here. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every single person that is here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would minister, that you would encourage, that you would convict, that you would challenge. Lord, most of all, draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you excited? You here? Are you ready? I want to encourage you to take notes um, because I really believe God wants to download some stuff to you. Uh, if, if you could just put up the, the next slide. Um, I do, that's how you spell my name. It's got an H in it, like Abram. He had an encounter with God, and his name was changed to Abraham. I had an encounter with God, so my mom put an H in my name. I, I am involved with social media once a year, so if you want to follow me, that's okay. Um, I wonder, um, Peter, thank you for that uh, invite. Uh, that's my children. Uh, I've got my daughter married a Samoan guy, and I've got three children there, Charlie, Jackson, or grandchildren. James and Robin are living here in Cape Town, and I've got two little grandkids there, Paisley and Raya. And then my young son, my young son actually this morning preached at Every Nation Christ Church. He preached there. I preached here. And, Matthew, uh, and, and my friend Alistair here, his son is at, at our Every Nation Church in Melbourne. Um, very involved in our church there as a worship leader, musician. And I just want to honor Alistair here this morning. We've been friends for well over 40 years where he has prayed for us, served us, loved us, encouraged us, um, makes great cinnabons. I mean, he's, he's such a great guy. And then uh, they've got two kids, and then my daughter is pregnant again with her fourth one. And while we were here, they had the gender reveal. It's big in New Zealand to have gender reveal. And so you can see blue. And blue equals... Okay, did you guys know that? Is it different in this country? Okay, blue equals boy. So she's having um, another little boy. So that's our eighth grandchild. Man, it's expensive. Sure. How many grandparents do you have here? Any grandparents? This frack deer, ne? Oh, my goodness. I just gotta have to take out another job. You know, we really live in, and I'm sure you've used this, you've seen this word being used so often, unprecedented times. I mean, if you put up the next slide, unprecedented times. I mean, how many of you know fuel costs are so jolly expensive? I mean, it's just incredible how costs of living just gone up. Mortgage rates. How many of you get excited about mortgage rates? They just go up. And you know what? It goes up. You have to pay. You know, cost of living. I was actually thinking, Pastor Pierre, you know, in 1979, I worked at the Spur restaurant. 
and a Spur burger then was 99 cents. 1979. I don't know, what do they cost today? 99 rand. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, cost of living. I mean, the pandemic. I know, I'm sure if I asked you with a show of hands, how many of you have lost people due to COVID? And, and I know of people that, that, that were close to us that we lost during this time. And so it's almost like we've been crushed from all sides. No matter which way we turn, something's happening. Now, if we turn to the left, this is increased. If we turn to the right, oh my God. And, you know, and your employer is not excited to give you increases. How many of you know that? And things are tight. Things are tough. And things, things are a real, real challenge. And so today I want to speak about money, 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 money. Now, don't switch off. Please don't switch off. Because we live in a real world where we're facing real situations and we need the wisdom from God on how to navigate and, and journey through these challenging times. Are you with me this morning? And we cannot tap into worldly wisdom. We cannot tap into what the world and the way the world does things. Because we have to tap into the way God thinks. And we know the heart of the Father. And we need to know what God thinks about situations. And I just love the series the church is doing about finding wisdom as we go to the Proverbs. And because the, uh, there's so much wisdom literature. Uh, but the problem is nobody reads the book of Proverbs. So we don't have the wisdom. So we don't know how to apply it to our lives. Some of us, you know, we only rely on reading the Bible or come to church on a Sunday, but we never read our Bible again during the week. I mean, that's what people do. And it gathers dust. And I hope this morning, I, I don't think this is, the church does this type of thing. Yeah, I think your church here, they read the Bible. I think they own a Bible. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 says the following, the love of money is the root of all kind of evil. You know, it's the love of money. We need money. But we're not going to make money our God. And, and all it is is about money, money, money. But how many of you know that we need wisdom on how to handle our finances? And, and wisdom on, 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 on our, our living and the way we live. I need, I need money. How many of you need money? All right, half of you. Let me ask you again, because maybe everybody, how many of you need money? All right, we need money. But there's a way of working with money. You see, friends, the, the key question that I always love to ask people is, how do you position yourself when you read God's Word? How do you position yourself when you read God's Word? Is God's word truth to you? Or are you selective? I come across so many believers that are selective when they read God's word. When it comes to this, oh, I don't like it. They tear out the page and they throw it away. When they get to the spot, I don't like this, so I tear out the page. And what happens is there's so much they don't like that they landed up with a book of maps. 
And the book of, the book of maps does not set you free. How many pages have you torn out of your Bible because it's too painful? Oh, I can't do that. Oh, you expect me to give and to sow and to... And so people just tear out, tear out, tear out. And then you look with the book of the map of Egypt. The question is, when you look at your Bible, do you see it as the truth that I need to embrace and to live by? All of it, from Genesis to Revelation, can't be selective. You see, do you live from the right side of the cross? This is a challenge that I challenge myself all the time. Do we live from the right side of the cross? Do I look at Jesus and what I think he might do for me? Or do I live from the right side of the cross knowing what Jesus has done for me? There's a huge difference between the two. And so when you know that what he's done for you, you can live from that platform and enjoy what God has for you and the wisdom he has for you and the truth that is written in his word and you live from that perspective. Are you still with me this morning? And so the challenge, and I challenge you with this this morning, and I challenge you every day from now on, which side of the cross are you living from? Because that will give you the wisdom that you need, how you live your life. And God's word says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is written in his word. And so the truth is when you read it and you allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate and you start applying it and living it and, and, and you'll see the victories that God has for you. Let me say to you, life's tough. You can write that down. That's for free. Let me tell you something. Life is tough. The other second thing, life's not fair. But God. Pierre, you'll remember that. You'll never forget that. But God. God is with us every moment of every day. You know, we be, we're doing the series on the war of wisdom, and uh, there is a war. There is a clash on worldly and the way the world thinks and what God's Word says. You know, the world tells you it's all about me, myself, and I, the Holy Trinity. But God says something very, very different. Can I say to you this morning as I get into what I want to share, and I'm going to share lots of testimonies, and I hope it encourages you. I, I practice what I preach. I never preach something I don't live. So if there's something I still struggle with that I don't embrace, I will never minister on it. I minister what my wife and I live. By the way, we celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary a couple of weeks back. We got married when I was 10. Because <laughs> I know some of you are like, like taking out your calculator. 40 years, this guy looks so young, man. He looks so handsome. I mean, oh my goodness. He must be about 50. You're right. 
But you know, Colleen and I, ever since we got married in 1982, 3rd of July, 82, we decided we're going to live our lives to for God. We're going to embrace his teachings in everything when it comes to finances. And today's topic is about money, about finances. And we're going to live we're going to put God first. We're going to rearrange our priorities. And Matthew 6 verse 33 was our, our, our verse that we held on to. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, we put God first in everything. When we get our finances, God is first. What do I mean by that? We tithe, create offerings, and we're generous. That's we how we've lived our lives for 40 years. Was it tempting to spend the money on other things? Absolutely. We think, oh my goodness, we could have taken that money and we could have bought another car. Or we need another big TV. Or I want a new motorbike. Uh, and all the things. But we decided, no. We've given our lives to Christ. Everything falls into the pattern of God's word when it comes to finances. And we've had tough seasons. It's, we've had struggles, and I'm going to share a little bit about later. But we know God's word is true. Amen? Let's go to the first uh, uh, verse from Proverbs. Um, Proverbs 10.22. So the whole series is on, on wisdom from Proverbs. I better use a, best, a verse from Proverbs. Is that Okay. All right. Otherwise, Pastor Pierre will be on me. It says the following, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. So, let's read it together. One, two, three. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Friends, do you know who your daddy is? Do you know who God is? It says there the blessing of the Lord, our Father. Do you know that our Father wants to bless? How many of you have children? I'm a, I'm, I'm a daddy. I've got, I've got three kids and I've got all these bunch of grandkids. Oh my goodness. You know what? I want to bless them. But very often people struggle with the understanding of God the Father because maybe you had a dysfunctional daddy walking on this earth. Maybe you had an angry father. Maybe you had an absent father. Maybe you had an abusive father. But let me tell you something. My Papa God in heaven wants to bless me. And so when it comes to finance and, and the Lord makes rich, and rich is not only money, it's not only money, but it's in every area of life. God wants me to be blessed. He wants me to be blessed in my relationships. He wants me to be blessed in my health. He wants me to be blessed in every possible way. And But that's my God. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Have you ever seen an orange tree produce oranges? Go and watch it. The orange tree never makes sounds. Orange tree never says, mm, pop, there's the orange. It just happens. I want to encourage you, go and have a look. There's no sound. And God, our Father, wants to bless. But you know, He wants to bless, but you need to do it His way. It's always God's way. Not Frank Sinatra's way. It's God's way. It's his word. 
that He wants to bless you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to bless you. You know, my children, for example, when they come into my home, they have access to everything except my credit card. They can come into the fridge, they can open the fridge, and they can help themselves. I mean, we just have to make sure it's stocked and it's stocked. and They just eat and eat. That's our daddy. That's how he wants to bless us. But there's a way of doing it, but we have to do it God's way. Secondly, a generous person will prosper. A generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Are you generous this morning? Are you a generous man and a generous woman? The Bible's very clear. This is wisdom. If you are a generous person, you will prosper. You see, often people think They have to have a lot in order to be generous. No, you just have to have a seed. You have to have a seed. You know, Colleen, as I said, for all all our married life, we are tithers, we give offerings, and then we look for opportunities to be generous. Even on this trip now, the two situations that we both felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to be generous. Could we afford it? The answer is no. But do we want to be obedient to God? The answer is yes. And you know what joy it brings to my heart and our heart to be generous? It's not like, oh my goodness, we're going to go bake a cake and give it to Auntie Sunny. No, it's, it's a joy. It should be a joy to be able to serve and to be a blessing and to help. It says... And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know, friends, we walk this passage of Scripture out every day by being generous. We are refreshed. Let me t- I was telling somebody, I think it was Pastor Pierre, I was, I was saying, Colin, I've been so busy the last four weeks. I haven't even had a chance to have an afternoon nap. We've just been shopping. You know, we're going tomorrow. Please pray for me. We leave tomorrow morning. My wife's got four packed suitcases. It's like we, uh, we're like Studovitz van lines going to the airport tomorrow. I have no idea. I'm just praying for grace tomorrow at the airport. And I'm praying that the, the lady there is just going to close her eyes and just send everything through. And just. But we are being so refreshed. We've met incredible people. There's a, there's a family here we met on, on holiday a couple of weeks back. They are in the service this morning. It's just so, so great to see you here. Find opportunities to be generous. Look for those opportunities to be generous. I know you touched on this a couple of weeks back, but I just felt I needed to mention this as well. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands work bring well. Friends, let me tell you something. We have to work hard. We've got to, I mean, Colin and I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with my age, so I'll, I'll just say it quickly. I'm 64. But anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm coming up for pension soon, but I'm not stopping. 
The pension is not in my vocabulary. I want to encourage the older people here, maybe a year older than me. Or it's, it's, you're not on pension. God still wants to use you. God still wants to use you. All right, quickly. I got, God loves a cheerful giver. Whatever you do, do it cheerfully. Amen? Cheerfully. Do it from your heart. You know, I want to, I want to share some testimonies in my short time remaining. Um, about the goodness of God. You know, Colin, our church planted 23 years ago, and we lived by faith. No job. We trusted God for everything. We went there, and we started the church. We evangelized, but we trusted God for everything. There were times, like old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard, and there was, uh, there was nothing. It was bare. That was our story. When we saw a bear cupboard, we thought this is an incredible opportunity for God to move by the power of His Spirit and to provide. It was hard. I've got genes that have got holes in them. You know, Colleen and I, over all our years in ministry, we've wept, we've cried, we've prayed, we've stood in faith for every single miracle that I'm going to share with you this morning. So when you look at me, don't say, sure, nice guy, funny guy, but you have no idea what we've been through. And I have no idea what you are going through or have been through. But all I can say is God is in control and God is with us every moment of every day. My daughter finished school, uh, matric, and uh, she wanted to go to university. How many of you know university costs money? How many of you know as a church minister, you live by faith? How many of you know that my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we could ask or think, according to the power that's within us? And we being faith people, we trusted God for her miracle. We got a call from a friend from South Africa and said, we love what you're doing. And I know your daughter's entering university. We're going to pay her first year university fees. And in New Zealand currency, that is 50,000 rand for one year. Do you know, when God comes through unexpectedly, it just, you just fall to your knees. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. God provided but it was only for one year. We stood in faith for the rest. But that was so significant that somebody from South Africa, friends of ours, stood with us and paid for her. The second story up there has got St. Andrew's College. My son, was, my son went to a Christian school, my youngest son, who, who preached this morning in Christchurch. Um, and at, even at this Christian school, it's fascinating. You know when you get uncomfortable about something and you know something's not right? And you know as parents, you will do anything and everything for your children. We even thought of selling our house to put my son in at this, this school. This is a private school. This is 200,000 rand a year. That's the, that's the fees. But God... I still remember the January 
of that year, a family in our church came and said to Bradley, come, we're going to take you shopping. And they kitted him out with his uniform, blazer, I mean, just everything. They kitted him out, everything. And from February to October, every month, there was an envelope in our post box. And by the way, in New Zealand, we still have a post box. And there was an envelope, unmarked. Inside the envelope was $2,000, 20,000 rand every month. And when he finished school, it stopped. I said, don't you want to go back to school? <laughs> That's God. God knew what we needed. Colin and I, on our hands and knees, we prayed. We wept. We stood in faith. You see, friends, when you do things God's way, in your giving, your generosity, and everything, watch what God will do in your life. You see an airplane there. 2010, Colin and I, and I, we brought our whole family back to, to South Africa for a five-month sabbatical. And I needed to come back. I needed my kids. And I, I, sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, my son then met the South African girl, fell in love, and he wanted to move back here. But I'm very happy with that, even though it's tough. During that time, Colin and I were praying, God, what are you saying for this next season of our ministry and our life? And we both felt that God was going to open up doors of ministry around the world to travel and to preach the gospel. I'm an evangelist. I love to preach the gospel. I mean, as Pierre mentioned in the airplane, God gave me a prophetic word for somebody. I went and prophesied over them. And, but that's me. I eat, sleep, drink. I, I want to just share the gospel with people. And we felt the Lord was saying, there's going to be a season of travel. How many of you know travel costs money? How many of you have been on an airplane before outside of South Africa? How many of you know it's frek dir? Yeah, I mean, it's just, but you know what? We knew our daddy God, and we knew our God is able. We go, we, we arrive back in New Zealand. One of my businessmen friends, he takes me to lunch. I always love it when he takes me to lunch because he pays. I always get to my credit card, but I just like so deep in my pocket. And he said, no, don't worry, I'll pay. He met with me and he said to me, Pastor Bernard, I really sense you and your wife are going to be starting to travel. And he said, the church has no money for you to travel. But I have the capacity to sow into a travel fund for you. Since 2010, every week, he sows into a travel fund. That Colin and I don't have to worry about coming to South Africa and wonder where we're going to get the money from. But we can come and we can be a blessing. We've got capacity to travel the world sharing the gospel. But the key is to share the gospel. It's not to go to the Seychelles and rest in the Lord and hear from Him. It's preach the gospel. I established a separate charity and we have supporters who support 
our international ministry of sharing the gospel. I've got one more story. Is it one more story? Okay. I've got one more testimony. Can I just say to you, the blessing Colleen and I enjoy today, I sometimes believe is what we sowed 30 years ago. It's God's, God is not like pay a, pay a rand, get a rand tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. It's a lifestyle of sowing. It's a lifestyle of sowing. It's a lifestyle of being generous. That's our daddy. We reaping stuff we sowed 30, 40 years ago. We reaping today. One last story. We bought a building. We bought a building about 17, 18 years ago. It was an, the oldest rugby club in Christchurch called Maris Albion Rugby Club. Um, but it's, it's it, I mean, it's derelict. It's, I mean, the permanent air conditioning windows. When it rains, we've got to put an umbrella over the sound desk. Uh, I mean, it's just permanent air con, no heating. I mean, it's, but it's a place to worship. And so we've been embarking upon uh, to renovate this particular building. And, um, and so pre-COVID, the renovation costs was going to cost 24 million rand. Some of you can't even count the number of zeros on there. Do you know what? I had a businessman, a friend. You can't see it in the picture, but he's there in the crowd. This was 15th of December, 2019. I made the announcement. He came to me about a month before that, and this is what he said to me. He said, Pastor Bernard, you and your family have sacrificed to come to my nation you now carry a vision for the next generation. God's blessed me to make your vision become a reality. And he gave me 24 million rand. But God. I just want to show you. Can you put the next picture up? I think it's a video. That's what our building's going to look like. Or if you just go back. There we go. That's what our building's going to look like. We've got a park next to us. We don't even have to maintain. It's a 450-seater auditorium uh, seating upstairs. And, uh, I mean, we are truly blown away by the goodness of God. And, then, and the next picture is what it currently looks like. That's the architectural, <laughs> what's going to look like? This is what it looks like at the moment. It's going to be finished in December. In December. Why do, I, why do I tell you, why do I tell you that story? I tell you the story to inspire this church family. Number one, with your finances, and number two, to have faith for miracles. Because our God is able. Pastor Pierre, I really sense during the praise and worship uh, that, that your church family has taken a lot of hits over this last while. Not just with covid I believe there are a lot of hits. I think you've, you've dodged a lot of bullets. Um, and I really believe it's, it's been very, very tough. But I believe there's a turnaround that is coming. I believe that you and this church are going to experience water into wine moments. You know, where Jesus said to the disciples, you know, just fill those jars with water. 
And I believe that as you start filling jars with water, wine is going to be released. And I believe it's going to be the power and the presence of God. But I believe in the things that you trust in God for, uh, it, with regards to facilities, the trusting God for your own home. Do you know what? That is possible in Jesus' name. Is having the faith that, that our God is able to do it. Do you know, God turns tough situations around. Do you know, during the earthquake, our building was compromised, but it was still safe. The insurance paid off, and we took the money, and we paid off our building. That's how God works. God takes situations, tough situations, and he turns things around. But God can do that for you. Let me close with this passage of Scripture. In 2 Corinthians, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Friends, in everything that we do, it's the grace of God. It's His grace. His grace is sufficient. Turn to the person next to you and say, His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. You see, friends, our challenge every day, every day, is that when we look at wisdom and when we look at finances, is will you embrace the worldly way or will you embrace God's way? It's very, very, very simple. Most of us tend to lean towards fear. But will you become a faith man? Will you become a faith woman? Will you believe in the miraculous? Will you believe in the impossible? Will you believe that my God is able? I declare that every day. My God is able. As Pastor Pierre said earlier, messages sometimes I just write, but God. Knowing that God can turn a situation around. And so this morning, I want to pray for you. I don't know, do you have a keyboardist or somebody? Or I want to pray for you. Do you mind if I have some water? Don't you stand? I want to pray for you. Do you know, friends, can I just say, you might not have my kind of testimony, but you will have a testimony. You might not see what, what I, I, you might not see the grandeur of the things that I've, we've tapped into, but you'll have a testimony. I said last week I was ministering at Every Nation in One City. Everybody wants a testimony. How many of you want a testimony? How many of you want a story? How many of you want to tell about God's goodness? Guess what? You will go through a test. Test equals testimony. How many of you want to enjoy victories in life? Guess what? You'll go through a battle. Battle plus God equals victory. And so friends, no matter what you face, I don't know your situation, but I believe finances and money, you need miracles in your life. I believe the people here are trusting God for jobs. Guess what? My God is able. But please go and apply. 
Some people trust God for jobs and never apply. Those types of answers to prayer only happens in movies. You're trusting God for a job, go and apply. Even if you've put in 200 applications, it's the 203rd one could be the answer. Don't give up. Never give up in Jesus' name. Keep standing in faith. You're trusting God for provision, never give up. Take God's biblical stewardship, apply it to your life because those principles work. We walk in it today. I want to pray for people who are trusting God for work. If you're trusting God for a job, just raise your hand. Maybe you're trusting God for a second job, but you can put it up. God, God wants to bless. It's not a, I want to stand in faith for your miracle. Just raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed. I just don't want to put my wife put up her hand because I think she's got the best job in the world, being my wife. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for every person that has their hands raised right now that is trusting you for employment. Lord, we refuse to look at the way the world sees things, that things are tough, no jobs. But Lord, you are a God who will come through for us. I pray for the spirit of faith, perseverance. I just pray, Father, that there will be a never give up attitude. Lord God, that we'll apply and apply and apply because breakthrough will come because we serve a God of breakthrough. We serve a daddy who wants to bless. I pray for testimonies coming from this house of God's goodness and blessing in Jesus' name. I, I want to pray for you. Last prayer. If you're trusting God for financial miracles, Pastor Pia, I'm, I'm going to pray for your church, for your miracle of your, of your own facility. I want to declare it in the Spirit that you will have your own facility in the mighty name of Jesus because I know that our God is able just the, way, just the same way God provided miraculously this facility for us and that we're able to fund it and to have a great facility. I'm going to declare that over every nation, Helderberg now in Jesus' name. I pray for the leadership of this church family. I pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, uh, supernatural wisdom. Lord God, that you would lead them, that you would guide them, that you would open doors, Lord God, that they would have their own facility 24-7 that they would be able to serve this community, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for a spirit of faith, the gift of faith to rise in this house. Lord God, that my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond that, all that we ask or think in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need a financial miracle, I want you to raise your hand, whatever it is. You don't have to tell me. God knows right now. Some people haven't got their hands up. Man, I, I love it because then you've got the capacity to be generous. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for people who are trusting you for miracle, financial miracle. Lord, I pray that you'd give them wisdom, creativity. I pray that they would think outside the box. I think wisdom from the throne of God, Lord God. And I pray for miracles. I pray for our business people in this church family. 
I pray for those faithful givers in this church family. I pray your blessing. Lord, I pray that companies would grow in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray that there would be a turnaround in the economy. Lord, where people were expecting a 5% growth, we we declare 20%. We declare 30% growth in the mighty name of Jesus. And I, I thank you, Lord, for every person in this house. Pray your blessing. I pray your protection upon them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we just uh, thank the Lord for this time together? Who of you can testify that this morning throughout the service, your faith has got an increase? I want to encourage you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of the Lord. And the moment you leave those doors, your faith is going to be in a battle. But we keep it sustained by being in the word of the Lord. We keep it sustained by walking out here and making that the greatest priority of our life. So Lord, I bless your people this morning, Father, with hearing the Father's voice and the Father's words over every aspect of our life. Lord, I bless them, knowing, Lord, that the Son has made a way and the Son has told us to look to the Father for the things we need. And I bless them this this morning, Lord, with the close presence of the Holy Spirit always pointing us to your word. May we leave here today, Father, come back next week and testify of breakthrough that has come to us. And the people of God say, amen. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. And uh, please hang out. Uh, Love you guys.